You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. We are back once again for another installment of Kevin on the Couch. I know you all are, are excited just as much as we are to hear the the ramblings of one of the greats out there. And just wanted to bring attention to, once again, the theme of this podcast is um, to continue to deepen our understanding of the system of the Enneagram and how it relates to our own inner landscape. So this will mean that we're going to continue to introduce alternative ways to look at the Enneagram and and how it differs from the more common form of the Enneagram of personality. So today we have another kind of example of how this Enneagram system can be applied to some things other than just nine different types of people from our good friend, Kevin. You'll notice in this episode that Creek and I interviewed Kevin and Abram wasn't with us for this episode because at the time of of the recording, he was with his newborn baby. What you'll see in this episode as we talk about the tree Enneagram is the dynamic movement and motion that can come with the Enneagram when we don't look at it as a static system, but one that is more dynamic and in movement and in motion using energy. And again, this tree Enneagram, uh, idea is but one of probably countless examples of how this framework of nine points helps us understand life more deeply. So we provide it to you to help broaden and deepen the ways in which the Enneagram can help us understand who we are and the world in which we inhabit. Now, I will say you may want to listen to this episode a few times. Uh, Kevin gets into some deep places here and has a lot of wisdom to share. There's some deep and beautiful concepts here. Yeah, so you might you might note here that um, what what Kevin is going to be addressing is what's called what's been termed the process enneagram. As we said in the the intro episode, you know, there's there's potentially infinite enneagrams. Um, but what Kevin is getting at is is basically you you'll hear that this um, that, that a process can be defined as a progression of transformations unfolding through time that leads to a higher level of order and some kind of completion, which then creates the conditions for a new beginning. So you might note the the charting of the, the progress of a process through time is, is a really different use of the Enneagram than the popular application of studying personality types. Yeah, so you'll see uh, in the process of how a tree comes to life, maybe a new way of understanding the Enneagram in, in a way that I think is really profound. A few of the things uh, that are worth mentioning about this episode that our friend Kevin mentions. Uh, first is this idea of fourth-way teaching and also this guy by the name of Gurdjieff. Uh, if you're new to those ideas, I would suggest that you listen to our episode, which was a first installment of Kevin on the Couch, uh, labeled Gurdjieff. Check that episode out, and we're in which he talks a lot about those concepts. And he also mentioned a few students of Gurdjieff, J.G. Bennett and Clifford Sharp. He just mentions those pretty quickly. And those are students of Gurdjieff. And I think that's about it. And I think we're exposing people to this, uh, not so much because we want them to start using the process Enneagram as much as it is like shaking your preconceived notions of 
what the Enneagram is in order for you to, I don't know, live into a more dynamic self? Yeah. Well, what if, so for instance, I think Kevin says something really insightful there towards the end of this episode in which he talks about how uh, this tree Enneagram imagery really gets at this idea of the process of the Enneagram as a whole, you know, a, the totality of the system, but we have to start somewhere, right? Mm. And if we start with the Enneagram of personality, that's probably the best starting point we have. And then as we continue to learn and grow and dig deeper, we'll start to see that there really is an interconnectedness to the system that takes us on a journey. And this imagery of the tree Enneagram uh, is a really helpful glimpse into how that works. And so probably good work for all of us after listening to this episode would be to maybe consider the other things that have a life cycle of sorts and begin to see how these various energies and these various gifts that each of these points on the Enneagram system bring can help one another in, an, in this interconnected system that we know as the Enneagram. So once again, friends, enjoy this conversation with Kevin on the couch. Kevin, could you maybe give us an example of, I know you've shared with me like the whole, the growth of a tree um, and, and mapping it around the Enneagram. Is that something you could do for us now? Sure. Yeah. The, so yeah, you can apply anything to these, to this map. And I think describing the Enneagram as a map is a wonderful way to understand it. Um, and so what's known as the Enneagram of process kind of alludes to this. Um, I'm not sure that what I'm talking about with the tree really correlates exactly with the Enneagram of process, but the idea is that there's a motion around the circle, you know, at the beginning stages, we'll just say it's going clockwise. And then that in the middle of the circle, the triangle and the hexad are also moving. And so nine moves to three and three moves to six and six moves to nine in the triangle. And the hexad moves in a direction from one to four, four to two, two, eight, eight goes to five, five goes to seven, and then back to one. And so there's a circle that's being completed, or I should say a cycle that's being completed in this symbol at three different levels three different things are happening. And so you could say, which is consistent with fourth way teachings, Gurdjieff's work, that there are three centers. And so we're moving three different cycles with three different centers on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. And beginning, if you want to begin at, at nine, you would see nine as a source. And it splits into two different energies on either side of it, known as eight and one in the Enneagram of personality. Originally, the Enneagram didn't have numbers either it was just those points it's a symbol mm. and so right. where these symbols have these located points of you know um, existence then we've attached numbers to them to help understand what we're talking about in reference which point we're talking about um, but again as with all things when you label it there's the danger of losing something too and so we have to go back to the very beginnings of it and understand that these are points of energy that are exchanging with one another. And so nine would be a source receiving light. If it's a tree, it would be a full-grown tree receiving light at the point known as nine. And then it would move to one where the light is being distributed to the plant and photosynthesis is being utilized. You have an accounting for all of the nutrients and the food that's being received by the plant. 
from nine, but also it's coming up from the bottom, from the root system where water and other nutrients are, are being processed as well. So we've got two different things going on there, um, coming up from nine at the bottom and coming into nine from the top. And this nine moves into one where one accounts for all of the processes and energies and, and necessary components to distribute for the well-being of the entire tree. Moving into two clockwise, we're looking at two being the dist- the distribution factory, maybe the warehouse or the um, you've got a, a checklist of things that you're going to deliver. If it's maybe FedEx or a post office, it's the warehouse where you're loading the truck and the trucks are going out to the addresses where the packages need to be delivered. And so two is really concerned, this energy is really concerned about distributing and making sure those who need the ener- energy or the information get it. Mm. And into three, we're looking at fruit being produced as a result of every component of the tree being nourished by what was coming from nine through one and then through two. And so three is the formation of the fruit where we know that the food and the nutrients were absorbed and utilized effectively or efficiently. Uh, a, a beautiful shiny fruit is the result or product of it. I think it's important to pause at three for a second and talk about what three's energy really is. But Drew, you're a three on the Enneagram of personality. Um, I am. So I, I, I might I might miss something if I try to take over what, it, what it's like to be a three. Maybe I'll turn it back to you and say, what does the three energy mean to you? Not just from personality, but also from energy. Ooh. Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, I resonate a lot when you said, you know, produce, because productivity is such a big part of the focus of the energy of, of being a type three. That there's, it's oriented towards <laughs> the creation of something. And, um, and so I think this is where I distinguish it a little bit from the notion of achievement. I think there is an achievement orientation to the three, but I think it really is more about this creative energy that often gets labeled as achievement, but it really is trying to produce something, mm. to manufacture something. And there is uh, a lot, we have stores and stores of energy for those type of endeavors. Mm. Um, What else would you say? Yeah. You just finished a book, right? I did. Are you ready to talk about that at all? Am I bringing that up prematurely? (laughs) No, no, that's fine. (laughs) We we can cut it out if we need to. But one of the comments you made right after and, and Creek um, sent you a a message to say, Hey, are you, are you sure you're taking time to celebrate the last achievement before you jump head on into another work in progress? Yeah. And it was something that resonated with you when you just, I mean, you had just finished this book project or a certain part of the book project. And he was, he was concerned that you might just jump right into the next, you know, checklist of what's next. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. That's exactly right. I think the energy could always be, what is the next thing to create? What is the next thing to produce? As opposed to expending energy on what's the next thing to relish or savor or celebrate. mm, Right. mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, you're talking a bit about motivation. Um, yeah. And so going back to fourth way language, um, the human body is compared to a machine and that it, it operates from a mechanical um, drive so that 
when three is working and that there was a bit of that that you spoke about when you said the next step, the next yeah. thing that I want to do, it's not just productivity, it's about prolific productivity. Sure. Yeah. I want to be producing repeatedly over and over abundantly. And so there is an abundance um, feel to the energy at three. Yeah. And that if, that if this abundance does not occur, then three has not accomplished what it needs to accomplish and the weight of that accomplishment rests squarely on three. That if three doesn't perform like they're supposed to, and I don't just mean people, I mean the three energy does not work, then the whole process will break down and every other energy type that preceded it and comes after it will have been in vain. And so there's a large weight that rests on the shoulders of the three energy mm. to not only be productive, but to be prolific. Would that also be why nine, three, and six are considered shock points? Yes, um, yes, and the shock point comes where now we're talking about consciousness for people or you could talk about a mechanical shock point, some influence from another machine that would bump up against the machine in question on the Enneagram and then mm. cause it to do something. But the, the real point of this is that there is an outside force from this process acting upon the process at the point of three on the Enneagram. Yeah. And for personality or for consciousness for a human, we would be talking about self-observation or self-awareness. There would need to be an awakening to the mechanical nature of the human to say, not only am I motivated to produce prolifically, but now I have to understand the purpose of this production and the self-sacrificing tone that comes with it. And so I'm not producing for me, which is an ego trap for personality to say that I am producing prolifically, look at me and celebrate me, which yeah. then a, a three type um, would kind of revel in, in their ego, right? And so the, it then becomes mistranslated by the personality ego into saying that, the purpose of my productivity is for recognition, that I need to be seen as successful. Mm -hmm. And then they set up a, a, a barrage of checklists around them that if they accomplish all these things, then they will be deemed as successful and their purpose in life is satisfactory. Without those checklists mm -hmm. in place of them for productivity, they feel lost and like their life has no purpose. Um, again, Drew, correct me if I'm wrong on this personality stuff, but this is what I see over and over from threes that I know and from the three in me, because what's a misconception among many people is that the Enneagram boxes people in and right. tells them who they are. And so I would identify as a five with a four wing and people don't like being labeled five, four wing, right? Mm, and then there's... Yeah cute little names that come with those personality types with those personality wings and that I'm supposed to behave and act in a certain way that it's really not what it's about. The Enneagram of personality itself is about liberating people from those traps mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. motivation, which I right. constantly come back to what motivates these energies. Yeah. And for a three, I would say the shock point happens when the three becomes aware of the motivation and understands that the purpose of his productivity is not himself or herself, but rather for the people and the energies that are to follow. Yeah, that's and that, that's a lifelong work for a three. Yeah. Um, for, for anyone. This, for yeah. this one, for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm sure Creek's wondering, you know, enough about me. This is getting really hitting really close to home. <laughs> I'm sure Creek's wondering, what about the four, right, Creek? All sunshine and <laughs> butterflies, I'm here, sure. buddy. 
<laughs> no, but that's a deeply profound take on what's going on, you know, behind, uh, you know, the surface level understanding of a type three personality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about because these shock points are not only a critical component of fourth way uh, principles or Gurdjieff's teachings and practice, but they're also happening to us whether we're aware of it or not. And yeah. the awareness is the central point to focus on from this three shock point. When we get to six, six is also a, another shock point, but there's some really tricky rules that go with six. Mm. And three is fairly straightforward. It's this is happening. And if you're aware of what is happening and awake to yourself while it's happening, there's a possibility of continuation that doesn't exist. And so there's a a breathing Mm. out and a relief from a three when they realize that this is not about me, that productivity is about a role that I am acting in. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm going to pass the baton off to four. And so for a lot of reasons, the whole thing shuts down at three if three does not perform the awareness equivalent of personality in any process that you're studying on the Enneagram. Mm. And so for the tree analogy, we're looking at three fruit being one of two things, either consumed and eaten, and what's left is a seed that falls to the ground and dies, or it's that nothing is eaten and the fruit rots on the tree and the seed falls. Mm. But when it falls, what we're talking about is the four moving into a dark decaying energy that is much like death um, I would even say is death and so where fours get personality wise get criticized for being moody and emotional it is not it's not exactly as people present it and so again um, Creek I'll, I'll defer to you being a four I have a strong four wing it's not just a four wing it's a strong four wing so we get along quite well mm-hmm. in this energy um, there's there's a comfort in pain and in loss and in grief and in suffering that if it's gone, feels like it's not supposed to be gone. Things can get yeah. too good for a four. Yeah. Would you say that's true? Oh my. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, we were just talking the other day. Uh, I woke up feeling good about myself and I was highly suspicious. Uh, I was like, something, something's missing here. Because if, if it's only butterflies and rainbows and sunshine, then then I'm, I'm, my perception is that I'm lacking depth in the moment. I'm lacking something, mm. um, which on some level is, um, it is true. There's also a, there's a component of being identified, uh, like being attached to that versus realizing that in everything there is, there's light and dark, there's life and death. There is, there is both sides of those things and to ignore one is to negate the whole. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The four energy with the tree, when the seed falls to the ground and the fruit has been either decomposed, which the irony here is at some level or another, the fruit is the soil. Mm. And so what four is producing is this detritus, this waste, this refuse that's tossed out at even if it's been digested and processed, it still ends up being some form of fertilization for new seeds to grow. 
And so you can apply this to anything. You know, the one we're talking about mostly here today is Enneagram of Personality. And so the three is producing all of this material that the four can then find beauty and meaning and purpose in, even though death and loss and grief is the energy. And what most people toss out as useless, fours are able to, in personality, are able to dig into that and sit with it and create something for others it seems unimaginably beautiful. It stirs the deepest parts of emotion. Yeah. And uh, drama queen then becomes artistic, not a nuisance, right? There's this yeah. immature, whiny, self-loathing, you know, reveling in the things that no one else wants to admit is there and they move over or gloss over and bypass it. With the four, they're willing to dive straight into the depths of it and pull something out of this trash. You know, another one man sees his trash, another man sees his treasure. The fours, that's no more true than with a four who can see what people throw out as valuable. That's a very strong energy to understand. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I pause in hesitation to move to five because <laughs> then I have to get vulnerable. Before we go from four to five, there is a, what's known as the existential gap. And when I talked earlier about nine receiving light from the top and something from the bottom, the water and nutrients that's coming from the soil and the roots are coming from this existential gap. Yeah. Uh, Richard Rohr calls it the shadow work, I believe, um, being giving permission to silence or the unknowing being comfortable deconstructing our knowledge and being okay with not knowing. So all of the things that we have learned and know to be certain, uh, there's an idea of, of giving that up on purpose. And I don't think that the effort to present some level of confidence that this is right, this is effective, this is healthy, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't do away with that. That's three energy, right? I'm producing something of value. But the idea of letting it go and allowing it to decompose and provide life for a new thing that we don't have control over is what four is passing off to five. Mm-hmm. And so in the seed, which is about protectiveness and isolation and seclusion, it's typically hard. It's got a hard outer shell. That seed has to relax. It has to start to split. And in that split, you you effectively move from four to five and there's there's this contradiction happening at every energy I haven't talked about, but at five it is happening for sure. And it's easy to see because when the seed splits open, what happens initially is the roots go downward and the, the stem grows upward. And so you see a bi-directional uh, movement where it's going down and up at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You're seeing the sprouting seed respond toward the light, but you're also seeing the roots respond to the depth and the darkness mm. and the dampness in the soil. And um, I, I might come back to five on the personality side if you want me to, but we'll just move up to six because I think it's a, it's kind of an easy thing to transition where that seed is splitting. Uh, there's an earthquake movement when it reaches the top of the soil and it splits the soil apart, even though you know, we as people might not look down at the ground and notice an earthquake happening. If you look closer, there is what looks like a crater or a crevice that is, it's an earthquake split that's happening and an earth being pushed up by the very 
really, ideally, the very gentle forces of the plant that's growing toward the light. And so the personality five is, is responding to the sunlight and the clarity of what's coming from above, similar to nine. And so there's a nine connection with five as well. But then as it grows, you see another split happen. It's above ground now at this point, And the single stem that has probably still got the seed head on the tops of the, the leaves at the very beginning of growth, starts the, that seed head starts to fall off and you see the leaves and the branches split into two directions above the ground on the stem itself. Yeah. And that energy, that happening, that occurrence there is the six energy, that there is a both and quality to a six energy. And because of that, there's a trembling, anxious tension that comes along with it. And you can see it in time-lapsed video of plants where they shake. Mm. And then there's yeah. almost a pop. Right, And right. that pop is the seed falling off finally and the, and the bidirectional split of the branches moving apart from one another. And it, it is very easy to feel like a betrayal is happening at this level. And in fact, it could be an ego for personality for sure. But there is a departure from what has been one. There's a duality into two. And so this, these branches moving away from one another looks like a split that should not be happening. Because up until this point, we've been talking about collecting and accumulating and, and bringing everything together until we get to this four five existential split that's now happening at the earthquake quality and then with the, the branches and the six. So this anxiety and tension is, is well known to personality type six. The seven is an interesting progression from six uh, because six is, uh, as we said, as I said earlier, um, is about anxiety and tension and splitting. Yeah. Um, and so sixes in personality get a bad rep too, that they are not to be trusted or that they should be watched, you know, with a side eye type thing. And that's just not true. A healthy six is a critical component of the, the whole process moving into what it's supposed to move into. And I won't go too much into depth of this, maybe at another time, but the, the second shock point um, is six. And there's some really quirky things going on with six that from a personality type perspective, it is really an interesting choice for people to attach to this energy for their personality. Um, in as much as it is the uh, nurture side instead of nature, it's an interesting energy for people to feel safe at. Um, yeah. The idea I'm referencing here is that trauma is what dictates where we go in personality mm -hmm. and subtype even. And that we're um, defined by what we see around us threatening us and we're looking to find safety within a certain energy or personality. And so then I begin to construct my entire um, experience and perspective around where I feel safest in that energy. And for six to be that is, it tells us something about people who are attaching their identity to six. Um, and this attachment to identity is not a bad thing. People like to talk about the ego being uh, something we want to get rid of or to silence. I couldn't disagree mm -hmm. with that more. I think the ego is something that we should integrate and yes. pacify. 
And as we give ear to and attention to the ego, it informs us about what it's like to be in this dimension, on this planet, functioning as material beings. And we can take the information that we experience as those beings and integrate it into the more spiritual parts of us or more esoteric parts of us. Um, the invisible energy is what I'm referencing. I'm not subscribing to any particular religious sway, but, but rather saying that there are energies that we cannot see. And these energies, and I do mean science energies, yeah. not just you know um, inaccessible metaphysics. I'm talking about scientific energies that we cannot see with the naked eye are, going, are being affected by our experiences and our choices and our personalities. Mm. And so it's, it says something about the six to have this anxiety and neighboring six is seven. And so not very far removed from this anxiety is the, the seven energy, which is about, uh, I would say exponentially six. So that you're talking about six splitting, you're talking about seven splitting prolifically, much like three energy right. is about being productive prolifically. Seven energy is about experience and a prolific experience, meaning they've got FOMO better than the rest of us. They do not want to miss anything. They want to spread an umbrella out that encapsulates everything that they can experience. Yeah. And their motivation here, um, not, again, not just the personality, but the energy of that seven is about a wide array of experiences so that it doesn't miss out on anything. Not just miss out on anything, but not have access or be cut off from it. Because what seven knows is that there are many different variations of energy that need to be collected and directed for this whole cycle to be effective. And so seven is the energy of springtime. It's, if you remember the, the Disney movie Bambi, there's a term in there that they coined called Twitterpated. <laughs> Uh, and That's it, right, I remember in effect, that. In fact, the Twitter-pated <laughs> concept is that spring comes and everybody's ready yep. to make babies. And we're going to have <laughs> nests be built and rabbits are going to burrow in their holes and tunnels and they're going to have their litters of rabbit puppies, whatever you call those. And... That's the idea that everything, like if you think about a tree, and that's what we're talking about, then we're talking about the tree now exploding in blooms and leaves, and even better analogy is pollen. It's just mm. everywhere. Like here right. in the South, especially, you can go outside in springtime and, and draw pictures in the hood of your car from the pollen that <laughs> gathers, and allergies go crazy. This is seven energy, right? That, that there's just an yeah. abundance of everything. And that's how a seven personality type feels. Um, they feel like dancing. They feel like singing. They feel like moving. They feel like falling in love. There is there is a component to that. That um, romance has got a seven energy to it. It's it can't be contained, and it's about to burst out of me. It's there's such an anticipation and an excitement and vitality of life in seven energy that you start to see something really really mean something at seven. And so seven is a really important energy on the process of the Enneagram too. I, I, I don't know that I could, you know, could not say that about every energy on the Enneagram is really important, mm. but each one is unique. And seven is very unique in that, in that it takes the internal struggle of the six and it adds an exponent to it and brings it outside. And so yeah. you start to see the nervous anxiety of a six displayed in seven's behavior. And then it moves this um, particular burden that a seven experiences with this anxiety um, moves us into eight, which is about strength. 
anybody dealing with what a six is dealing with internally, even externally, is going to have to find strength in order to sustain it and support it. And so springtime gives way into summer where the roots and the the trunk and the branches and the leaves and the flowers are strengthened and sustained and solid. And so we look at eight being a really stable, mature, um, you know, you can put a tire swing on it and adults could climb on the tire swing and it's not going to flinch. It won't move. It won't bend. It is there. It's reliable and stable and foundational to everything that's supposed to be happening. Mm And this strong, massive tree that we're talking about with a fully developed root system, fully capable of reproducing itself and producing fruit, moves up to nine where a mature tree receives sunlight and the whole process begins again. And this is an endless loop, right? As far as we understand it, it's an endless cycle where the tree reproduces itself, produces fruit, dies, sprouts, matures, and then reproduces again. And this, this is a loop. That's why the circle and so I'll stop there because I yeah. think there's a lot more to talk about with these energies and what happens to them with the inside of it, with the triangle and the hexad. But uh, for time's sake, I think I think we'll stop here. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for sharing that because it's such a helpful uh, journey of the enneagram that is uh, you know so different than what the enneagram of personality often mm. provides, which is you know this kind of fixed number type and then you have some lines that you of where you can go but then it's still often uh type is still often described in isolation more from mm-hmm. the other numbers right i mean we could talk about wings maybe or we could talk about uh stress and security or integration and disintegration but uh what we often miss when we do that is that specific kind of points role in the larger picture of the whole Enneagram. And I think that that metaphor beautifully describes each energy, what it contributes to the greater whole. Yeah, and something I didn't say about the eight is if if a tree is cut down and used, um, you know the rings, the concentric rings inside the tree trunk that's left standing or the stump that's left standing. Um, eight, Eight is kind of an encompassing all of the life cycle of the tree. It's years and years and years of material. And so if you think you understand the personality type eight, think again, there are layers to this strength that no one sees until the tree Mm. itself is cut down. And so very restricted to the eight's perspective alone, they understand the inner workings of their own strength and how it manifests. And, And, you know, a lot of people can be intimidated by that kind of strength, by that kind of resilience, but to, but to criticize it or to reject it because it's too pushy or it's too strong or it's too dominant is to misunderstand something about the inner psyche and the inner workings of that personality that's very unique to them. No one else has their individual experiences from their culture and background. And each tree is different. It's like a fingerprint. And so each tree has these circles at different widths and variants all throughout the lifespan or cycle of this tree that's inherent to this personality type alone. And that's what, that is in itself what distinguishes eight from seven or six where there's a tenderness to it, right? Springtime has a tender new feeling to it. But eight has this aged, stable, solid 
feel to it, very different than it's fragile and could be broken. There yeah. is this trembling tension at, at five, six, and seven that if somebody steps on me or hangs on me too strong, I'm going to collapse. Eight doesn't feel that way at all. No, I think you're right. Often what happens with, I think eights get a bad rap and for their kind of aggression, their forcefulness, and what they what people often misunderstand about eights is that it, it is a protective energy, right? Mm-hmm. So in many ways, you know, to continue the, the tree metaphor, if we're in the summer, that's when, at least, especially in the Midwest, when the rain stops or at least becomes less frequent than in the springtime. And there needs to be a protection of the nutrients. There needs to be a protection of all that new growth. And which is really, I think, what the, that eight energy provides. That's beautiful. Same thing with the desert, that if it stops raining and the sun bakes the sand or the dirt into a brick, that brick surface top layer is the eight energy. It's that strength, and it serves as a protecting role so that the moisture deeper underneath the ground doesn't evaporate. Yeah. And it can serve, you know, the cactus that grow out of the desert. That's, that's the same idea. Same I, just, eight energy. I so love stepping out of the Enneagram of personality because it really just, it shakes any sort of preconceived notions that you understand it. You understand the Enneagram. You understand it just, it starts yeah. popping up everywhere. It starts, um, even, even going back to the Enneagram personality, it really does give you a whole new perspective where you're actually starting to experience the energy rather than just have a bunch of labels and words to try to describe the energy. Yeah, there's a there's a, a rich tapestry in this. And something I might add is for personalities, if if what I said earlier is true about trauma being the motivating factor that, that drives people into the specific energy that they find themselves identifying with, um, we're also able to kind of tease out that there, there may be a resistance, there may be a resistance to other personality types from numbers um, that don't like certain other numbers. Because, you know, the trauma that I experienced as a child might have come from an eight type energy or a two type energy. And because of that, I may retreat from those energies and find myself identifying more with a three or more with a four for whatever motivations that I understood at the time. So as I grow up, I might be finding um, certain personalities grate me the wrong way and irritate me. And I might stay away from them and, and criticize them and judge them thinking that they're doing it the wrong way. In reality, my experience with them is being triggered to the point that I don't appreciate their personality type because of my own experience with it. One of the one of the ways I've found most effective for healing in my own personality type is to go to those people who have the same personality types and find a healthy example of this and get to know them. And what I've found is that it answers what I was afraid of from that energy before that I don't I don't like being pushed or um, I don't like aggressive people who have drive and motivation. But there may be something there. Not maybe there is something there for me to learn if I can have the humility to take responsibility for my own experiences instead of projecting blame onto other people. Um, I'm not saying that people don't contribute to our trauma, but I am saying that the resistances to other energies does not negate the importance of those energies, whatever it is that you may have, you know, individual to your experience. Yeah. No, that's, 
that's good advice and a good practice, I think, for us all to consider that if, if we hold or harbor some sort of kind of bitterness, even if it's legitimate towards a particular person and therefore extrapolate that across personality type, then we need to go find some, uh, th- we need to go find some people of that type and um, th- that we enjoy being around that are healthy because um, that can really help us in a journey of healing. That's good. So Kevin, help me understand, you know, how you came up with this uh, tree illustration to help better understand the nine energies on the Enneagram. A lot of um, a lot of it came from just reading and researching information, and so as I observe in my own environment what's going on and and plotting these ideas and principles and comparing them with one another on the enneagram, um, it just it just shows up. I just see it, yeah, and then I, I write it down and and compare it with what I know about the enneagram personality, which is. You know, some people have said before they're surprised to hear me endorse the Enneagram of personality so strongly after hearing me talk about its drawbacks. And the reason I say that is because the Enneagram of personality is massively important for beginning to study something right. on the Enneagram. And if I were had to choose, if I had to choose what process to study on the Enneagram, it would be the personality. Because psychologically, our ego is the thing that we are looking out of all the time. And so I think that's a, a wonderful tool to use with the exception that you've got to understand the Enneagram itself is not personality-based. It's energy-based. It's mm-hmm. movement-based. Yeah. It's observation-based. That's the roots and fu- foundation of the Enneagram from Gurdjieff and if it existed before him. So um, I think... Just through my own personal observation and reading followers of Gurdjieff, J.G. Bennett is one of them. Um, I believe Sharp is another one that talks about some of the dynamics within the Enneagram and what's happening at each centralized location we know as type in the Enneagram of personality. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and thanks for sharing that. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to think about and talk about, and I think it's a really helpful way to understand a different and probably, as as you argue, more original approach to the Enneagram. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you, discovering our inner depths one fathom at a time. Truthwork Media Studios.